for me, love is, if you will, this invisible matrix that it holds our cells together. It whole it makes life happen. It is the rawest material that we that existence is built out of. And I want those to be the strings that make me move. But that means stepping across uncomfortable edges. It means surrender. It means getting to know where my personality steps in and where it needs to step out. It means loving at times recklessly. And it's a day-by-day process to, to come into what love means. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. My name is Amanda Johnson, your host, and I am here today with two multidimensional beings. Uh, these people have swirled into my life via the internet, via Facebook, um, slightly probably by stalking and then friend requesting and then realizing that these people seem to have a lot in common with me or they're at least vibing where I want to be vibing. Um, Maybe there's a similar frequency, but I am now unabashed at reaching out to people and saying, hey, I think you're up to something really amazing. I love your message. I love your energy. Let's connect. And I was so blessed that I got two for one. Uh, in that in that way recently when I reached out to Thomas and then he very quickly re- um, connected me with Rose and I think whatever comes out I know that whatever comes out of our conversation today is going to be a blessing for all of us because these two beings are so connected to their own knowing their own truth their own gifts and now they have also found one another and I think are compounding that at least in my opinion from knowing them only moments. And yet uh, I have a very deep knowing that that is true. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation and seeing it, seeing where it takes us and how it unfolds. And, um, and we're going to be delving into this idea of divine love, which is so exciting to me. So let me introduce you to my guests today. We have Thomas Radke and Rose Madeline, and they are each a father and mother as you can guess, uh, who's who, and they are truth and self-mastery seekers, and the key is that they are lovers, and not just with one another, but as a being in this world, they know how to love, and they are love, and that is what we're going to get into today, which I cannot wait. So, Thomas and Rose, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. So I like to start every episode reading a quote or a passage from a text, a book that has inspired me on my journey. Um, And I know neither one of you have, well, Rose, you said you have read some of this, so I'm not sure if this passage will ring true or will resonate with you from what you remember or not. Thomas, you haven't read this book yet or even heard of it. Um, It's Marianne Williamson's A Return to Love. And these are, this book is her reflections on the principles of A Course in Miracles. And I was guided to this book a few years ago for a program I was participating in. And I I really loved this book. It resonated with me on many levels. It opened me up to A Course in Miracles, which has since also served me on my path. And, and uh, the concept of love is, of course, as you can tell in the title, a main focal point of the book. And so I knew I wanted to go to that text to find a quote to read. And um, I use Kindle, so I can actually search for words, keywords, and I searched for divine love. And there was one passage in the entire book that used the word divine love. So I knew it was meant to be. And that's the passage I'm going to be reading for you today. So uh, 
Rose and Thomas and all of you listening out there, really do your best to tune into these words that Marianne Williamson has written and uh, see what it says to you, how it speaks to you. And then that's how we will kickstart our conversation um, by whatever this reminder brings up in you about what love is. So here's the quote from A Return to Love. The concept of a divine or Christ mind is the idea that at our core, we are not just identical, but actually the same being. The word Christ is a psychological term. No religion has a monopoly on the truth. Christ refers to the common thread of divine love that is the core and essence of every human mind. The love in one of us is the love in all of us. There's actually no place where God stops and you start, and no place where you stop and I start. Love is energy, an infinite continuum. Your mind extends into mine and into everyone else's. It doesn't stay enclosed within your body. So whoever wants to start, what, what is that quote? say to you or mean to you um I thought it was really beautiful it made me think of how I feel when we are connecting and we're feeling into our own energy fields and there's something different with Thomas where it's almost like I can't identify where I begin and end and he begins and ends and it's just one like a oneness with him well we're one mind so of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, a, a lot of things come to my mind um, and to my heart with that, and that as well. Like there's the, there's definitely a sense. A part of my background is in delineating the, the difference of you separate from others and that communion of oneness and um, oneness. And so, with Rose, it's it's actually trickier because there's there are there are many times where what we're feeling there is such similarity that clarity of where do i end and, and, and she begins begins to get lost and and that's a beautiful thing to get into that kind of christ consciousness of knowing which i feel is in part where our knowingness in a way originated and then there's a lot of fun being in our separateness as well you know like that dance of shiva shakti the masculine feminine woman man like that the differences also are are very enticing but to be able to kind of ping pong back and forth between those worlds is certainly a lot of fun so i mean Miriam williamson i mean she obviously writes beautifully so she she nailed that i love it <laughs> through your words <laughs> that's right you guys share one mind one heart one one soul i love it so Tell me again, I, I've gotten a little taste of your story and, and how you swirled together and found one another. And please share that with the audience so that they have an understanding of where are you right now on this journey? And, and let's give them a little bit of a baseline, a little bit of a picture of how you found one another and where you are today. Should I start? I'll, do, I'll start with that one. Okay, so I had, um, I was, both of us were married for a long time. I was married and with my partner for just about 16 years and you were 14 and a half years, 14 and a half years. And, um, both of our marriages ended almost at the same time last year, last year. Um, and 
I feel like both of us, but I'm going to speak to myself, um, spent a large part of 2018 reconnecting to who am I and searching. And I had started dating at the last half of the year, but it was almost like every man I dated, it felt like um, there were certain aspects that I, that I liked and I wanted, but I also got into this place where I wanted to meet someone. I knew there was someone out there that had everything and I wasn't going to settle. And um, around the time that I was contemplating dating this guy and it didn't work out, I was like, that's it. I'm going to write a list and this is going to be the list of like the most like, think of your, I want to like dream guy, but like everything that you want without even holding back, not even thinking that um, it is, I didn't think it wasn't possible, like really specific things. Um, and then, so I did that. I wrote out this list, which sounds so high school, but I did for me, I like to write a lot. And then I had shared a post on social media and it was like a really vulnerable post that um, it didn't get into like the list, but it was, uh, more feelings of this is what I'm looking for and I'm kind of like at this or nothing in my life and um Thomas saw that post and messaged me and that's how we met yeah that's where I chimed in um and I actually also had I had done some dating but I got to this point where I loved being single and I just shared with some people like I'm gonna stay single for a while this is great I love to be vivacious and even flirtatious, not in trying to meet women, but just fully alive, unabashed. And um, and then, yes, yeah, somewhere in the middle of December, we friended each other. I don't even remember the exact moment, but um, then this post came up. And what I saw as a description of what this woman, Rose, was looking for actually very much, not only aligned, but it was identical to many of the things I'm looking for. And it's not your everyday list of like, oh, tall, dark, and handsome, but it was the list of absolute vulnerability, full transparency, lifting each other up, um, being able to support each other and be able to be fully honest. Like in these, these to me are core attributes of how I like to live. And so to see someone speak to that and want that, I was, I was impressed on that note though. I didn't even, I hadn't, I haven't, I hadn't met Rose. And so I had commented on somebody else's comment and pretty much just said, I mean, it sounds like hashtag relationship goals, but it also sounds like an invitation. And I really don't know who you are, but I'd have a coffee with you. And I left it at that. But you know how you can feel a little bit of a bubble? And so, um, yeah, so I just kind of scoped her out online a little bit and checked out some of her videos and who she was. And I just, I, I fell in love with her voice. I fell in love with the way she talked and how she talked and where she came from when she talked. And it was the next day... I had posted something and she had saw it. Anyway, she messaged me. I did a private message to me and um, and she beat me to it because I was sitting down earlier in the day and I didn't have time. And we ended up we ended up deciding we would do a virtual coffee. And we set a time to to meet and we talked, I think, onwards of three hours, and it felt like about five minutes, and talked every single day since even the days were like, no, 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 we can't talk. We've got stuff, we got <laughs> kids, we need a break. We would end up on the phone again, talking for hours, and it was amazing. And so that intensity, I feel, allowed us to really see and come into a closer alignment with each other. We live in different countries, right? Close enough, Canada and the U.S., but we, we I think it was the second day or the third day. It was we after the first phone call. 
after the first phone call, we started even debating how, how are we going to meet? How, how can we do this? And then and it debating, was debating, planning. Good point. And it you sent me that song. Yeah. Yeah. I, we were falling pretty hard from the beginning. Yeah. But then we, um, then it was like, we counted down. It was like 19 days until we got to meet, 18 days. And it was just a buildup of anticipation. Do you want to say? Because exactly. I could keep going. <laughs> I could keep going because the, 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 as the relationship unfolded, there's all like, you know, sparklers and volcanoes and excitement and thrill as you come to expect. But there was also a rich amount of vulnerability, what we were really looking for, what we were wanting. Like there was moments where we exposed our own issues and triggers. And there's this phrase I like to use called a love bomb. And when there's a huge amount of beauty going on, right? That definitely tends, tends to illuminate or, or make a strong shadow. And so there was a number of times where I would be myself talking my own shyness or shamefulness around things would come up. And, and she really approached it first when she had shared some things that, that she had concern about and then there was the concern that even sharing them that maybe I wouldn't like her as much and then that of course invited me to go into my whole like fall apart the next day and we had a number of instances like this where our own vulnerability brought us then closer together as well and it was um there were the things like that that really began to round out the pieces that it wasn't just woohoo great hey we're in love and it's wonderful but to walk through those those vulnerable moments together and really be exposed and stand with each other in that for me was, was magic. And I, and I still long for those moments when, when we get our rawness out on the table. He loves it. I love it because <laughs> there's also, and this is like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> this is, but this is what I love about Rose is there is, she has this radical capacity to love me and accept me as I am and give space for whoever I am. Because I too am coming out of a long marriage and really lost my autonomy in it. And so she really kind of holding with her hands gives me space to be autonomous and loves who I am and what I bring. And then it's vice versa. Like I, that, that, anyway, she has an amazing capacity to love and accept me just as I am. And for me, that is not only refreshing and vibrant, but when then but then when i do bring myself in aligns with who she is it's it's like how can you deny what's going on here i don't know if my words are quite doing justice but yeah it was it was amazing and it was rich it was deep it was difficult at times it was challenging at times and we and we're talking just for those listening like two months maybe not even correct since you first had contact yeah our first date was on january 11th Amazing. Okay. So I just want to, I want to offer that up as well for those listening. Like this gives a little bit more context as well. The development of the relationship online was beautiful or over the phone because we, um, if we were to be in the same city, I believe the physical component would have come in much sooner, but because we had to wait on that, it allowed us to build up that connection um, in a much deeper way and build intimacy. I, I, and I said this fairly early on that if we had met in the same town, I don't think it would have worked because I would have overdone myself, although I spent a lot of time on the phone, but I would have lost too much of my autonomy because I was falling for her so much. And so that distance actually required us to, to for me to stay in my own world. 
but it enabled us to grow in a deep level of intimacy, not based on sexuality, that cultivated the relationship. It also allowed when we actually met for that sexual intimacy to just go. But um, intimacy, yeah, intimacy. <laughs> now everyone knows. But <laughs> intimacy gets so often related to sexuality, which is great. But if that's the only place where you know it, then then it, it becomes a challenge or an extra step. I don't want to say it becomes a challenge. It becomes an extra step to bring it into the other aspects of your relationship. So now, I'm really going to jump topics. So now when we get to cultivate and get into sexuality, there is a, a, a whole other groundwork of being vulnerable and holding each other and, and exploring and being open to that is already there that allows for a lot more freedom in that. So it, it really enabled for a lot of, a lot of love. First of all, comment, you guys are absolutely wonderful. Those listening, if you aren't watching, I get to watch these two beautiful beings together. Um, so those listening, you get to hear it. Uh, I wanted to go back actually to something Rose you said when you, and again, I'm very inspired by your declaration and putting out there. And you said something to me that was so key. And for those listening, in case you missed it, I want to reiterate it. You said that you got to a point where you believed in every, I'm now going to say it in my own way, but you believe in every bone and cell of your body that it was possible to have what you want. And for me, I think to, I think manifestation, visualization, those can go, that, that can get really slippery really quickly because I think um, oftentimes, at least in my experience, I wasn't manifesting what I wanted and I didn't know why because I would write the list or I'd put the vision board up or I would, you know, do whatever. And it wouldn't happen. And it's because for me, it doesn't really matter how many lists you write or how many vision boards you make. If you don't believe it in your core essence, that it's possible. So to me, you first came to the belief. And the thing is, as soon as you believed it, I mean, we're talking within a month, you were like met the guy. So I mean, boom, here it is. It's all happening. Probably less than that, right? Within such a short amount of time. To me, that's such power in having the belief and then declaring it and putting it out in the world. Do you have anything else you want to say about that? That just gets me all lit up. That is how I live my life. I feel like, um, yeah, that abundance is all around us and that we only create limitations. And it is that um, not the vision board aspect. It's not. Um, it's the, <laughs> um, it is the, you have to reprogram your subconscious belief system. And if you say I want this but there's that little voice is like mm, that's too much or whatever then that needs to be looked at and I have no problems dreaming very large and I'm just at I'm at a point in my life where everything I've ever wanted is right in front of me and it feels amazing and then you get momentum when you start realizing how powerful you are there really is no limitations on what you can create and even with our dynamic the fact that we live in different countries there's no it hasn't even entered my mind that there's there's a difficulty in the logistics of that and we are already like there's no issues because that's what we've created with our minds it, even in the face of all the people around us that think that we're crazy or think that it's not going to work because we have kids and we live in different countries but here we are together doing it because that's what we imagined and I think that is so powerful, not only for love, and we are love, love is everything, and it can go into every um, aspect of our life. So thank you for being such a 
beautiful, in my opinion, model or representation of that possibility. And for me, that's inspiring. I hope for everyone listening, I trust for everyone listening, that's inspiring to say, it, it doesn't just take writing a list, right? It does, we want to get clear on what we desire. Then the work, I think, comes into clearing out everything that is keeping us from that desire. So again, thank you for that. The other thing that was coming up as you two were speaking, um, and Thomas, as you were talking, was this idea of going back to almost like being one and where one um you know, stops and the other begins and, and this, you were, you literally were showing each other the, you were one and the same. So, you know, you, she, Rose would share her vulnerabilities and, and fear and shame and whatnot. And then you would be able to do the same and you would do the same. So I think you also, I just wanted to point to the fact this isn't so much a question other than just again, a saying, look, this is all connecting back to what we started with, which is we are one. And it's all there. And you two are a representation of how to do that in a, in a partnership. Um, so I just want to keep hearing more about your story and what's going on here. So, uh, but I, I mean, we, we've got the, the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, help us better understand, you know, again, when we talk about divine love and we are love, love is who we are. You, you, I, you would even identify yourself as a lover. Um, and what does that mean? Like, what, what is it? What have you either learned in the last 20 plus years of being maybe in and out of relationships? I'm assuming there was a few before your marriages. Forgive me if I'm wrong, um, or at least one. And then, you know, what does love mean to you now? So there's a big, wide open question for you to go wherever you want with it. Being a person that is very, like, open with my heart and not doing levels on my heart, I can, I love everybody, even people that I don't want to be in relationship with. And I had to learn when I was dating to even though, and I think that this is very common, people that have open hearts or people that identify as empaths or as in that realm, which I'm sure I can tell a lot of your audiences, um, is you meet someone and they're not, you get into this dynamic where you want to help them or heal them and it's not because you love you can see their it's like you see their wounding and their issues and you love them anyways and you see their potential and so you want to help help raise them up and you get into that dynamic um and i just learned that it's okay to love everybody but i don't need to date that because it creates that um mismatch of dynamic and that was on my list too my list wasn't all like it wasn't like a typical like has to have this job or this car like no it was all like we need to be at the same level um the same vibrational match is important um because i didn't want to be the healer in the relationship anymore um and to be with someone who's also has done their work as well i think that that's the difference in the loving and there's always room for more work too yeah but being with someone that recognizes that someone that can sit in the fact that, oh, I'm being triggered, why? And have that self-analyzation instead of someone that isn't in the awareness is a totally different situation, right? Yeah. Yeah. And before you answer, Thomas, I have to insert one more selfish, selfish question here, which is um, I, I am the type of person who I love to break that stuff down. I'm like, all right, I'm being triggered. Let me figure out why. Let me tell you why. Let's talk this out. Because that drives some people crazy, like literally, like really, you exhaust me, 
I, I, this is just, why are we, why are we still talking about this? Uh, and then that sends me into, hmm, oh, here's this thing I do. And I think I need to modify it or be different because somebody doesn't like it. I think it comes down to uh, doing the work where you're really okay with who you are. I edited myself for so long that I removed every person, situation, thing that didn't vibrate with me. And if you're going to share your truth, especially vulnerable stuff, and someone's saying you're too much, that person is not a person. That that um, should be your person, I think. And to have enough self-worth to say, I you can still love them, but they don't need, they, that's not, not your person, right? Definitely. I mean, for me, I, I come back to a lot of why, why be in a relationship? What is it for? And I, I, I used to be a relationship coach. I, I, too, I do tend to think that relationships are the, the deepest and strongest crucible for self-growth. And so I'm, I'm not even, excited. actually, I need to ask that question. Um, I tend, like, in a relationship, I'm tending to wanting to grow and wanting them to grow all the time. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I love being able to process and pick apart because for me, there is such release and free lease and opening with it. And so I, I never wanted to just kind of get married because that's the routine and to have the white picket fence in the house and the 2.5 kids to have that vision. That was just never my vision. That was not my vision for getting in a relationship. Um, and then even with Rose, I have to say, it's, it's really the resonance that has, that has brought us together. That, that alignment, I haven't, like I said, I was really happy being single and actually I, in my first messaging with you I even said I'm not even sure if I was ready to date and you had said the same so for me why you're in a relationship yeah it takes some consciousness to look at why you are in a relationship why you do want to have kids like what is the actual intention or the direction of it um, which is relevant for me and that's relevant in friendship too sure absolutely yeah. Yeah, because we seem to happen upon things and we don't always discern what is what is of value, what's serving, and where do I want to be going. To go back to answer your question on love, well, I was in I was in a 14 and a half year marriage where I felt I loved brilliantly, but I lost myself in it. And so a lot of my healing in the past year has come back to finding my own autonomy and actually going back to reclaim that who I am matters and that there is I had to come back to reaccept who I am. In other words, in a way, I could see where I've made mistakes and learning. I want to go back and make those mistakes again because I, I love radically and I'm willing to love and wanting to love. And those, those things come from some times in my life where I was loved radically and especially from my grandma when I was young and then, and then she died. And so I had to have a mass amount of love and then have it disappeared put me on a quest at a very young age looking for love, not knowing it though, not knowing it at all. And when another teacher of mine died a few years ago, I went into a deep inquiry of why I wake up in the morning. And that led me to this mantra, if you will, that I want to be lived by love. And that for me, love is, if you will, this invisible matrix that it holds ourselves together. It whole it makes life happen. It is the, the rawest material that we that existence is built out of. And I want those to be the strings that make me move. But that means 
stepping across uncomfortable edges. It means surrender. It means getting to know where my personality steps in and where it needs to step out. It means loving at times recklessly and and, and without abandonment. And um, it's a day-by-day process to, to come into what love means. And it's not always all unicorns and rainbows. And it's not always this beautiful kind of love that we think of when we think of love, we have this flowing essence of it, but it's really the hardcore material that life is. So it became a journey of mine a number of years ago to have that live me, have that run me, because what that ultimately means, which just showed up a lot here as well, is so often other things run us, our fears run us, our limitations run us, Mm -hmm. our precepts and programming from our youth or from traumas run us. And that is so the norm. So to begin picking those things apart means, for me, much like you just said, to process endlessly. Um, Of course, there's a balance to that. But to to get into that process to me is to to be that truth seeker or that love seeker, to really find out where the love is and how that holds us together. And then let's, let's be held in that love rather than making love happen. And that's a journey. It's a day by day journey. It's came back around through coming out of that marriage. It's come full circle with Rose. It comes through my kids. It comes through career and work. That's it. And I wanted to highlight again something that you both said uh, to connect it together, which is I hear this this important part of the puzzle, the, the important part of the journey or the process is to first remember who we are, to reclaim who we are, to love and accept who we are. So Rose, you doing that in terms of this is who I am. And this is, and for those who can't accept it or, or enjoy it, I still love you. And I respect myself enough. I have enough self-worth to, to stay committed to that. And then Thomas, your, your own way of saying, you know, okay, this is who I am. I love myself for this. I want this autonomy again in my life because I am important and I want to highlight that for myself and also those listening to say that's a key component you know that's a key component to love it does start with us and I do believe that in those moments where I'm still doubting my own worth or my own you know oh am I am I too much or oh I mean and that's that's a that's a broken record that's been playing in my mind for years and years and even when I thought I healed it it's still there from time to time and so when that pops up, I think that's my invitation to go, wait, hold on. Um, I am worthy of, of all that I desire and all that I am. And someone else is worthy of that as well, right? And I, and I don't want to paint a picture either that, that all of that has to be perfect before meeting somebody. Definitely, I've walked up against the wall of like, I'm not feeling worthy or devaluing myself. That, that it still comes up. Spirals. Yeah, it spirals, it deepens and lifts. And so it's not like all that was gone away and taken care of for me to be able to find the love of my life. But but also to be able to speak to it and be vulnerable about it, to recognize it so that she can meet me in that or I can meet her in that. That that is being, that's doing enough work to be able to continue doing the work because the relationship will continue to work you. And I hope to. And I'm realizing where you're messed up. You can see it. Yeah, and you see it so much more clearly. <laughs> yes, yeah. And that building of autonomy is essential because how do you how do you give 
yourself to somebody if you don't know what yourself is? And then how do you know when to not give? Yeah, that autonomy mm-hmm. piece is essential. Let, this question is, is and I'd love to hear Rose's take on it mainly because you're a female, not that that matters entirely. I wonder though what then the difference will be between the feminine and masculine perspective here. I was up against, and Thomas, I, we may have briefly chatted about this before when we connected, this idea of there's some shame that I have uncovered in myself around saying that I need, even to say I desire a partnership and then to even allow myself to say I need a partner. I need a I need partnership in my life, and this shame was revealed to me a few months ago, actually, uh, where I was doing some inner reflection. I go, oh my gosh, well no wonder I haven't allowed that into my life because if I have a partner, I have this unconscious belief that that means I am not whole in and of myself, or I am less than, or am I I'm whatever. Um, and so for all those people out there who may be unconsciously believing that as well. What do you have to say to them, or what would you offer? What would you? What's your experience then with that? I love that question, and I went through that same self-discovery a couple months back. I wrote actually, I wrote a post about it, um, and I think it comes down to we. Um, it's almost like this programming, like at first, you know, like the Jerry Maguire, you complete me thing, and then we kind of swung the other way, and everyone's like, no, I complete myself, yeah. <laughs> right? But deep down, we do feel like this need, like, no, like there, we want to do it on our own. Like we don't need, we don't need that. But when I really tapped into it, it was like, no, I do. And it was that shame, but it was, for me, it was what I need is everything that I can give. I want back. And that's what I, that's what it was. I wanted to be met because I knew how much I can give and it's a lot. And I needed that back. And that's okay to want that. Full body chills and it's okay to want that. Like literally, I'm going to keep saying that and I want everyone listening to go like, oh, that's right. It's okay to want that because I think you're right. We get in this little bit of like, and I, there is nothing wrong with being single. I am not as insinuating that at all. I think there's so much to be gained and there's so much value in knowing yourself and being with yourself. And I'm not su- suggesting that everyone run out and grasp for, not at all. And you're not, and I, you're not saying that I can tell. And there is nothing wrong with desiring partnership and being in partnership. And so I, I think you're right. We've just, well, the pendulum has swung. And so acknowledging that and shining a light on that, I think is really important. So Thomas, if you have anything to add there, feel free to chime in. Um, I never associated with needing or not needing um, much in my life, needing a woman or not needing a woman. Um, I am an external processor, so I do find I like to process with people. Like, I do need that. Um, I found after my marriage, I kept thinking I wanted space, but I kept dating or wanting to date. And there is something about I love to be in relating. And I don't know if I would call it a need or a not need. I definitely can sense my need for it now. But I, I, I don't think I had that sense of... Um, am I not whole without it? And honestly, as you ask that question, I think of I tend to be I tend to do a lot in nature, and I think of how much nature's components need each other. Like a tree is a tree. It's a tree. It's beautiful and whole in and of itself, but it needs the ground. It needs to be interwoven into rocks and soil. Like a river is a river, and it needs a bed to flow through. And so, needs. There's nothing wrong with needs. I think needs are very much welcomed, and we don't um, value them enough. 
Mm-hmm. And if we did, we would probably value each other as humans even more. Amen. Yeah, interdependence and even looking at what it means to be needy. Uh, I've done a lot of work around the last few months. So I want to honor um, our time. This conversation could keep going and going and going. Oh, my goodness. However, I want to end with a few questions of inspiration and what inspires you. But before I do that, because there probably are so many more things that we could talk about, is there anything else around your dynamic, um, divine love, you meeting in this world that you feel needs to be shared with this audience today? Yeah, there is lots. What would you, how would you sum it up? Um, I feel specifically with us in the connection that we have, it's not just coming together for um, a partnership in um, normal sense, but we also have work to do together. Yeah. Well, I mean, it does feel like quite a bit of our da- dynamic is actually to, to, to be an unfolding of things of work that we will do in time to come. Um, and, I, and there's something that ties back to that to divine love and being able to recognize the service that goes on between two. And it feels elemental. That doesn't really feel like it landed what I wanted to say. I'll let it sit. Me too. Yeah. So... My first question that I always like to ask my guests is who is a source of inspiration for you and why? Okay. Um, I'm going to answer it more broadly because I believe in finding inspiration and I love forgetting the girl's name. She's um, maybe you will know when I start talking about it, but she talks a, um, a lot about manifesting and using people as expanders and noticing when you're feeling envious of someone means that you actually want what they have and to step into that. So I use people and I'm very specific with who I follow on social media and who I surround myself with has to be at the same vibration or higher. So for me, I get inspiration from people that are doing something that I want. So even before I met Thomas, I would follow people that were couples that were in a relationship that I wanted because I wanted to expand into that. If it's in a job or something or they're creative in a certain way and there's something that I like about that, I will look to that and um, like allow it in so that I can expand into that. So I get that's the type of people that um, inspire me is people that are living their truth and living boldly, living their um, passion um, and their truth and are outside of the box because that's how I want to live. I think that's Lacey Phillips that you're referencing. Is that true? Wow. And here's what's so divine about that. I did not know who this woman was until probably two or three weeks ago when a friend of mine shared an episode, a podcast episode that she was a, a had a guest on her show um, who I enjoy, Luke Story. And oh, I so I had to start following Luke. By the way, putting this out there, Luke, I think you're in a relationship. But anyway, he also is like a, an expander of mine and and someone who would make, you know, probably check every box on my list. So anyway, uh, I watched his episode with Lacey and she talks about the expander. So anyway, I happen to know that only because of that one interaction I had with her so, very um, recently. I feel like we should <laughs> talk more about that off the... <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll take this offline. We'll take this offline. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, well... Um, I've, I have found for much of my life, I've, it, it, people have not inspired me. I, I've never, I didn't have like gurus or, or people that I was like, that's who I want to be like. I can say right now, like, and I, I know it sounds perhaps like 
totally crazy, but like Rose completely inspires me in how she thinks and how she operates and how she speaks and, and the way she stays to her belief system. It is, it's inspiring to see her walk in her ways because as I resonate with them, I also see where I haven't. And so I find her extremely um, inspiring. But when I just, I actually didn't hear a lot of what you guys were saying because I was just kind of tapping into who really inspires me. And my life, I, I live a lot of my life following where I'm drawn. And that may be a place, it may be how people relate. It's usually not a specific person. And if that's what inspires me, I don't know. But when I think inspire, I start thinking of who I thought that I inspire with, but I feel I have unknowingly much of my life followed and been inspired through my heart and what I do follow. And so um, nature inspires me. And I feel that's where I get a lot of my guidance from is what nature, nature says and does and tells and shares and reveals. And it's, constantly around me and that's what we are. And that can be oftentimes nature as a larger environment element of the outside, but also the nature of the heart and the nature of communication and the nature of revealing and the nature of love. It's it's the how it works. And I even spoke to this someone, I think I maybe spoke to it you, what I love about you. It's yes, I could come up with a huge list, but it's how we are together. And so I'm gonna leave this I think with the answer of what inspires me is the how. How does that bring me forward? And um, that's how I tend to operate. And I didn't know I operated that way mm -hmm. until much more recently. So, cool. yeah. Well, that leads into my next question. So, Thomas, you may have already answered it or you may wish to elaborate. Um, and, Rose, I'd love to hear from you as well. I like to ask what place or activi activity is most inspiring to you right now? For me, I have a much more basic answer, but I love. Um, 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 running in forests. I so I used to be a competitive runner, ran my whole life, and I love get pushing myself to that point where um, physically you're at a certain level of just pure exhaustion. It, it's it, it can bring you into a meditative state, and then combining that with running in. Um, I live in the Vancouver area, so the temperate rainforest, and being in the forest, and also pushing yourself physically and forcing yourself to your breathing heavy um i get the most inspiration the most downloads i often t like have to stop and write as i'm in the forest um so i'd say that that is my biggest source of where i like to go um and then a second close second to that would be again living in vancouver we're very blessed but the ocean being near the ocean anything that makes you feel like i don't know just like a speck in it all Beautiful. I mean, nature. I can't get enough of nature. Uh, and I, I just went through a shift of wanting to like rechange and formulate how I'm living. So I'm living in nature. And that can be doing anything. That can be walking. It can be hiking. It can be meditating. It's just really being in the elements. And, and I'm going to say mountains and I'm going to add ocean as well. Like those are my two favorite places, if I was to call out places. Um, activity wise, other than being in nature would be relating practices. I love to drop into deep, intimate relating with people because there's this potential that grows. There's this ability to heal, to collaborate, to almost tap into the unknown. So in that also means meditation and meditating into non-dual states is really a strong passion of mine. Um, 
not a strong passion, but also it's it's something I, I hunger for regularly. I mean, I like being physically active. I definitely work out and do yoga. And, and um, I've been a yoga teacher for... He's really good at yoga. For a long time. <laughs> and so, so, I mean, these these are all things that I very much enjoy, but it's it's being embodied. Being, being embodied, really coming into my own experience. And so, again, it sounds really trite, but my favorite place and experience is to be here now. I know it sounds freaking ridiculous. Oh, well, that's a part, embodied. So dancing, I, I have a dance background. I used to have an African dance company, the contemporary and modern dance. And um, it's the expression and sharing and experience of being in my body and then being in my body in relation to another that's moment. So I, that. I also like a lot of sexual intimacy, but we'll leave it at that. I know we never got back to that, by the way. We kind of like, it was like a cliffhanger at the beginning. That was and then we're, just, we're leaving everyone, you know, just wanting more and that's okay. Um, I love that. I love the, the, the paradox a bit of like, your two favorite things are to be in body, to meditate on the non-dualistic nature of existence and relating with others, which is like the most dualistic thing we can do because it literally is you are separate from me, I am here. Uh, and yet, of course, we know that's not true, right? We know there's no, we know there's no separation, but that is like the non-dualistic way or that's the dualistic way of experiencing it, right? Like two physically human beings that are in separate bodies and yet finding the oneness, right? So it's the, it's the paradox. I wish and that's people like, that were listening could just see that reaction from him. I know. I'm so sorry. Those you have to watch the video. And that is exactly what we are getting to live in, as two yeah. individuals coming from different worlds of different things, but finding not only what's in common, but to live in that unit, that unitive, that non-dual unitive space is uh, favorite thing. Sign me up for more another day. <laughs> So good. Those are your favorite. That's inspiring to you. I can tell. And I love listening to answers by others, by the way, because either I like I am so I feel so far removed from wanting to push myself physically. So when I hear Rose, you say that I'm like, oh, go girl. Like that's inspiring because it's not what inspired, you know, like I'm I feel so far from that. And yet I appreciate it so much. Uh, and then I'll hear other people and, and they'll say something. I'm like, oh, now I have new words for that. Like I am an external processor. And that actually and like the Sitting, I have a, I have coffee with a friend of mine almost every morning and we will talk for like two hours just to start the day. And that is what inspires me more than anything. Like I, if I can just do that every single day, I'm, I'm that these conversations inspire me because I'm getting to relate with another. And yeah. anyhow, I love it. Okay. Last question. Uh, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. So this is my little, as a avid reader in my life, I always love knowing what books people read. So if you have read a book that stands out to you on your journey as being uh, a source of inspiration for you, what has it been? Or what is it? The, the Book of Love. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote the Book of Love? Do, 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 do. I don't know if that's how the song goes, but that's um, how it goes in my head. Um, you know, I stopped reading a lot of books when I had kids. Not on purpose, just how it panned out. Um, what book really inspires me? Um, the last book I really read was The Presence Process. That really inspired me. Um, There's a great practice in that. Are we reading any books? I have some leadership books. I have books on integral method. I mean, a lot of books are good. 
but nothing is standing out for me like this is really, um, don't have that. Um, gotten into audiobooks and podcasting because I feel like with the thing with books and I do love reading too but you have to like sit down and it has to be the one focus thing but I love anytime I'm in the car I'm putting my makeup on I'm in the shower and all those um, extra moments or when you're in the kitchen where you can just be like downloading information I love um, and some of my favorite podcasts would be Luke Story Lifestylist um, would be um, Ritual would be Julie Pyatt's uh, Divine Throughline um she's got amazing like meditation and techniques on there um i love um shaman durek's uh podcast um yeah but a lot of like spiritual type stuff um comes to mind awakening code radio is amazing so those are podcasts audiobooks um the power of now because he actually reads it and i just get into this like zone like this is the, like the book is great if you want to read it but having him read it to you you just like oh my god I got to see him live in Vancouver and like he came on stage and he like meditated for a bit and it's like there's like this tunnel thing and he gets it when you have listened to that audio don't drive and listen to that audio that transports you do you have one no I've read that book and actually it was a great book but I wanted to add another book but I, I'll let you done I think that's it. But that is a good book, I think, to start. The interesting thing about that book is I had it on my shelf for seven years only because Oprah told me to buy it. And I was in this real, I love, I still love Oprah. And her podcast is great too. But I was like, couldn't get it. It was like, I, I he see him on the show and I'm like, I couldn't even hear what he was saying. And I had the book and I tried to read it several times and I couldn't, it just was like jumbled words. And then one day I picked up the book and it like poured into me. It was like the craziest thing. That's how it happens. Yes, hundred percent. And that was when I why I asked this question is because the power of now and untethered soul. I read back to back. That was the other book I was just gonna mention. Untethered soul. That one changed my reality. The way you see through the the paradigm of life. That's that's a good one. Untethered soul. Those are my two books. That's why I asked this question. I of course of course that was the other book you were gonna say. I actually somehow knew it. Like when you're like, there's another book. I'm like. I wonder if it's the untethered soul. It is. Yeah. So those two books, The Power of Now, Untethered Soul, I believe are incredible entry points if and when you're ready. Because the reality is, if I had read The Power of Now two years prior, six months prior, you're, you know what I mean? I wouldn't, it literally would have been mumbo jumbo, right? Um, books come to us, messages come to us, teachers come to us when we are ready. And that is to me, that is how it unfolds. So amazing and, and uh, lo- loads, loads of podcasts to go out and check out um i'm actually not familiar with many of those i find that i have not been a big avid podcast listener um of course add the being inspired radio show to your list if you're listening <laughs> if you are i'm hopefully this one's already on your list so uh all right well thomas and rose this is any closing words before i thank you and thank our listeners for tuning in today was there anything else that came up you want me to say what makes a really great sex life? Yeah. Yes. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know. He's he, he going to take notes. It's yeah, I'm going to get my paper. <laughs> it's something I didn't have before, and it is the that emotional connection with someone. Um, it's almost like, and I had realized this through dating, that I was done with um, takeaway sex, or um, it's one thing just to be, like, turned on and, take your clothes off but when you can meet someone and have that emotional connection first it is it's mind-blowing yeah I, I suggest holding out for it 
because if you're filling your space with the other stuff in the meantime, because you're lonely, you'll never it'll you'll never attract in. Say, can you expound on that really quickly? What do you mean by that? So if we, if you're filling your space with like the sex and the the physical intimacy, you're really busy swiping right and dating a lot. You're not, um, and you're dating, and you know that you're going on dates multiple times, or dating, or sleeping with men or women that you know are not the vibrational match for you. Your real vibrational match will never be. You'll never make space. You'll never have room for it. You'll never have room for it. So you have to actually be brave enough to sit alone for a for a moment, for a beat. For me, it was a day. (laughs) But uh, you have to have that that create the space, create the opening for it to come in, in the, the trust and the faith there, not settling. And to establish intimacy first. Yeah. But I thank you for just having us on your show today yeah, and just asking you. us questions and letting us just be with you and, um, yeah, bringing more light and love into the world this way. It's a beautiful thing, and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you to both of you um, for sharing yourselves, sharing a little of your a little bit of your story, even though this is a story that is near the beginning, uh, and yet it's probably, well, of course, it's been unfolding for lifetimes. And uh, here we are now getting to experience it in this point in time with you. And that's very exciting for me. You are a tremendous inspiration for me in terms of uh, who I am expanding into the relationship I am expanding into the work that I am co-creating with another that I desire to expand into. So thank you. And thank you for all of you listening. I know and trust that you took something away from this many, maybe many things away from this conversation um, that leaves you feeling more into what it means to live in love, um, to be in love, to be love. And on this day of Valentine's Day, which is when I am releasing this episode, for you to remember that more and more and more as you move forward, that love is everywhere. Love is everything. We are love and we can be with others and share that in such a profound, deep way. So thank you all for being who you are. And um, until next time, many, many blessings.